You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 55 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good. What's new in your world? Oh, it's good to be back home in my hood after getting to hang with you last week. That yeah, that's fun. cool. Um, Thanks for coming up. I know. We had, uh, we had something special last week, didn't we, after the show? Yes. That we... I made you? Yes, it was pretty spectacular. It was Nutella on organic vanilla ice cream. Amazing combination. Like you have to go try it because it's probably one of the best things I've had all year. You thought the Nutella was just good enough on its own, Mm. but add the ice cream, it just takes it to a whole other dimension and we finished the jar, didn't we? Yes. And I thought that... This combination was like, you know, inventing the steam engine or something. And I was raving about it to everyone in my office. And they all just looked at me and they all just said, have he not done that before? Mm. <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> apparently, apparently it's a thing, but I had never done it. Thank you for introducing me to it. We're late to the party, aren't we, Val? Very, very late <laughs> to the party. We, we know about Nutella donuts, but yes, yes. But, uh, and also, um, uh, you got your very own jar of Nutella too. I did. And then we had that whole very uh, quick photo shoot because the sun was setting. Mm. It was like quick get a camera, three photographers in the room, wasn't there? Got the camera. <laughs> there was no card. Yes. Um, it was just, and the sun, and, and like your partner's going, you got 30 seconds. Like we didn't need the countdown clock. <laughs> that made it even more stressful. Exactly. 25 seconds, 15. And how much do you think? fumble trying to put a card in the camera yes. when you're under that sort of pressure. Exactly. God, we got it. In and, the and then we got the card in the camera and realised there was no battery in the camera. Then it got stressful. Five yes. seconds, sun's yep. about to go. I wanted to get that like starburst that you can only get obviously when the sun's above the horizon line, but instead I got colourful bokeh in the background, which is still nice. It's good for a portrait when the sun's just dip, just about to dip under or it's under a cloud cover because it's really soft. Yeah. So um, it, it, it makes for better lighting. But I really wanted to get that little ping, the mm. starburst over the Nutella jar, just missed it. I might have to set up a separate shoot. Yeah, you could do that. You could do that. But anyway, it was really fun. And that, of course, is the theme of this episode, how to shoot under extreme pressure. But before we get onto that, let's give a shout out to um, a couple of people who have left us some reviews on iTunes. Thank you so much to Marcel Thilk, who has given us a five-star review and um, has said, my wife loves your podcast. She's never listened to podcasts before, but she has now devoured eight of them in the last two days. That's very oh, exciting. That's so cool. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Love hearing that, Marcel. And also, Katerina3 has called it stunning content and uh, five stars again. And that sh- she said, I'm binge listening to this podcast and love it. Gina and Valerie are amazing, explaining tips relevant to photography and also for business. Love the fun style and interview techniques. Amazing. Wow, you've awesome. made our day. Thank you. Absolutely made our day. But we have a listener question before we get into the guts of this this Mm -hmm. episode, don't we, Gina? Yes. Who's it from? So Andrew Andrew Deagle from uh, Queensland in Australia has sent me in a photo and he he was asking me how I – uh, how I thought it was done because he wants to create something similar. And I think 
uh, a lot of us, uh, it's a good skill to learn how to do detective work on photos because mm. often you see images, you go, oh my God, that's so amazing. And then you try and recreate it and you never quite get the lighting right or the post-production look. But there are uh, certain things that will give away how a shot is created and lit uh, if you do a bit of detective work and look for the telltale signs. So and- basically... Yep. And it's great to get into that habit, isn't it? So, uh, you know, I find that now I, even when I'm watching TV, I'm commenting to my partner, I'm saying they've used a scrim for that. Look at the shadows, isn't it? There's no way that they would be be able to take those, have that shot without squinting and, oh, you know, things like that. That's so it's, it's, it's good to get into that habit. But the, the shot that Andrew wants to recreate or, you know, is asking Gina how he can achieve this kind of shot, we'll, we'll put that link in the show notes so if you want to have a look at it it's at ginamilitia.com that's m-i-l-i-c-i-a lots of eyes but yes do tell how would we be detectives Gina in this shot Okay, so basically the shot is of, uh, it's a night shot. Uh, It looks like a laneway and in the background at the very back of the shot there are neon signs which are brightly lit. Mm -hmm. Uh, The wall looks like it's being lit by the reflections of the light and then there is a girl leaning up against the wall who is also beautifully lit and the image kind of looks like she has been lit by the neon signs. And if you are trying to picture this, perhaps you're, you're not looking at the show notes, you're on your walk or you're in the car, if you imagine a shot, the left-hand side of the frame is um, are the neon signs, but they're blurry in the background. Mm-hmm. And at the foreground on the shot, on the right-hand side, is the girl leaning against a brick wall, wearing a, right dre- a white dress and kind of pulling up one side of the dress to show her leg as she looks at the camera. As you do when you're leaning up against the of wall, course. Val. Is that how you lean up against the wall when you're waiting for people? I always just hitch yeah. my dress up a little bit. Whenever I wear a white dress, I do that, yes. yes. Me too. Yeah. Oh, and, and the shoulders out as well. Yes. I just, it's like matching the off pose. Off the shoulder. And, yeah, off mm. the shoulder and it's a, a bit of a, I have to say, a bit of a sexy pose that she's yes. doing. So um, if you – the first thing I do when I see a a shot like uh, that I want to recreate is I zoom in really close and try and get into the eyes so you can that Mm -hmm. that'll give away the type of lighting that was used and so um, I can pretty much guess that this has got artificial it's artificially lit because she's just too clean the lighting is too clean on the girl very clean Um, you zoom in in the eyes and you will actually see the reflection of whatever light source was used, whatever modifier. So if they used an umbrella, if you zoom in enough, you will see the umbrella. If you Mm. want to know if they lit it with one, two, three, four, five lights, count the number of reflections in in the eye. Mm. give it away so for this I can't I can't zoom in so I'm just doing uh, my detective guesswork but first of all you she has been backlit and then lit and then lit from the side so uh, my guess is because the shadows on her body are very soft it's a large softbox camera right okay placed in fairly closely and then uh, some sort of backlight that's actually giving a highlight along the uh, edge of her body that's away from camera to give that impression of the neon signs so my guess would be that he's shot this with a I'm assuming it's a male that shot the photo um, (laughs) because because (laughs) women aren't likely to be telling other women to pose in their white dress dress, hitch your dress up higher and show us your more shoulder, <laughs> lower, lower, now power. So, sorry, Andrew, it is a great shot, though. Um, the, the, um, I, I imagine that it, it, it's uh, because... And just to the, be clear, Andrew didn't take this shot. No, Andrew, he didn't take it, yeah. but he, he, he wants to do something similar. And I imagine he's just wanting to know about how to light. He probably wouldn't pose the girl in yes, of course. the same fashion. Um, so depth of field, we're saying that he's probably shot wide open because it, it, it drops off fairly rapidly down the shot. So wide open on the shutter speed. In terms mm. of um, the, the, the thing that... He, Andrew's probably struggling with is how they the, he, the person got the light so bright on the wall to be yes. reflected on the well one word Photoshop 
Really? You mean the, uh, the, the you the, mean the, the blue light? The, the the wall is a brown brick wall, yeah. and it's been lit by blue light. You're not going to ever get that intensity because think about it, Val. If you've got a light flashing the girl, there's going to be spill mm. of that light. It's going to light the whole wall. Mm. So basically. The photographers actually come in and photoshopped in the blue, the blue reflective light oh. in the background. That's probably the, the the main thing, and painted it in, and also painted in some highlights. It's it's done very well, um, uh, and uh, and then and then tried to, to 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 match the direction of the light to make it look like she was lit by. Um, by the neon lights, and then pro- and then put a, a, a sort of a blue tinge, like very mm. lightly over the whole shot, just to to, to merge it all the, in together. So it's it's very well done. Yeah, Actually, probably a little bit overboard on the blue, I would say, because it's just too too much. But like you know, most people couldn't tell the difference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose it depends on what you want to achieve. But I do like the composition of this shot with the neon lights blurring in the background you can just make out that it says jazz lounge yeah and uh yeah it looks good about capturing a vibe too so you need a tripod for this long 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 exposure a 15th of a second and under to get the neon lights in the background so let's move on to a couple of other shout outs now there these we're going to go through just some photos that have been posted in our facebook group and if you're not a member of our facebook group please do join us. It's free. So go to Facebook and just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community. And we're all in there. And, you know, there's a variety of listeners. There's some people who are really active, some people who are lurkers, but we welcome you all. And it's great to see each other's shots. Now we have a shot here from Ronald Fritz and it's of a fluffy toy. But can you know, we put we will put these shots in the show notes if you want to have a look at them. But Gina, can you explain to me why Ronald has got this fluffy toy? So this is actually I have never thought of doing this such a clever hack. Ronald uses his fluffy it's a bear, I think, uh toy to practice his lighting with. And what's really good about this is the fluffy toy has shiny black eyes Mm. okay and so Ronald can actually see uh the catch lights when he's shooting and practicing his 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 uh off-camera flash photography so he's done this shot outside so that he could he wanted to capture the the colors of the sunset behind the shot and also get some modeling on the face so so um you know almost as good as getting a Wayne or what's yours called Val? Your, your um, Kate. Kate. Wayne or Kate, which is uh, our styrofoam heads that yes. I often use. Oh, mine's plastic. Oh, plastic. Yeah. Cheap. Cheap, Val. <laughs> um, styrofoam heads that we use as stand-ins because you can't always have another person to test lights on. So no. I actually encourage everyone to go out and buy like a styrofoam head or get yourself a little stuffed bear like Ronald's done mm. and you've got the shiny eyes and uh, works a treat. Great, great to practice on and, and you don't annoy all your friends and family that way. And I think also the great thing if you've got, because the stuffed toy is hairy, <laughs> you know, it's furry <laughs> and, and uh, my Kate is bald. I should put yeah. a wig on her because yeah. it then really shows old, do I need a hair light or does it actually does the hair look bad against that background or whatever as well and yeah I think that is a great idea that you can see the catch lights and I want to give a shout out to Michael Brewer who is also in our podcast community uh, one of our listeners and he noticed a photo of my baby cat Rex the other day you know, looking beautiful, of course, of course, as my Rex always does on my Instagram. And he said, I love seeing the catch lights. But, of course, he, he, he spelt it C, uh, he made sure it, he spelt out C-A-T. Oh, clever. Yes, yeah, that's clever. Yeah, of okay, on to Samuel Webster. Yeah, this is a brilliant shot taken in Tuscany, uh, Val, which is where uh, Sam lives, and it's uh, he's titled it After an October Sun Shower. And what I love about uh, checking into the Facebook group every day is, like, you see amazing photos from all over the world, and this is, like, a nice kind of gritty shot. He's really captured the, the vibe of, uh, like, a late sun shower shot, and you can see all the texture in the sky and the buildings, and it just makes me want to go there, Val. It's just yeah. so cool. 
And I love this shot from Sean Kelly. Mm, and Sean uh, happened to just hear this as he was leaving for Japan. And mm. uh, our, our Japan uh, podcast he listened to as he was leaving. And uh, now he's over there posting these amazing shots. I'm not exactly sure what part of Japan this is, but just beautiful, isn't it, Val? Like ha ha little Japanese-style houses over the water somewhere. Stunning, but and they really would be really good in a travel article. You could see it, couldn't you? Yeah, very, definitely. very great shot. Great shot, Sean. Mm. And then yep. uh, Katie McKenzie has uh, sent us an image from uh, Canada of uh, the, the snow-dappled trees and uh, she is living in the exact opposite environment than we are here, Val. Yes. We're in, in the 40s and late 30s Celsius and uh, over there it's uh, freezing cold, middle of winter, so Beautiful. I so want to go to Canada. Yeah, it looks beautiful. Well, we'll put all of these great shots in the show notes and we love seeing them in the Facebook group. But let's move on to what this episode is about, how to shoot under extreme pressure. Now, as you know, we have been running sort of like a boot camp series where we actually provide a brief from a client. And, uh, and it could be a fictitious client, it could be a real client. And, um, and then Gina walks through how she would fulfill that brief in terms of the kind of planning that would be involved for that particular shoot and also the kind of gear that's needed, the kind of approach she needs to take on the day and the things that she needs to think about. So this is one that's close to my heart because I know a lot of people who do this. I do this myself. I've coordinated many of these on behalf of people. Um, and that is the entrepreneur's shoot so mm. or a business owner's shoot. Mm. So we've got a scenario here where Johnny and Jane run a business that specializes in organic chocolate and coffee products. And they also have a cafe and homeware store sort of attached to, to that mm. business. But what Johnny and Jane need are... Um, you know, gone are the days where if you were a business owner, you had a boring corporate headshot. It's not like that at all. They need some pics that would be appropriate for their social media profiles, but also they want a cover shoot, a potential cover try for a chocolate aficionado magazine. But they also need lifestyle product shots. Now, also gone are the days where it was you just put the um, product against a white background and you shot it that way. Sometimes mm -hmm. you might need that still for certain deep-etched kind of um, layouts, but mm -hmm. so many um, product shots these days are in situ. So they're photographed in situation in a lifestyle kind of way. So instead of just having that bottle of tooth, the, the tube of toothpaste, you're actually having the tube of toothpaste next to the sink and next to a shaver and some perfume and that sort of stuff. Beautiful, Val. Nice you scenario. Yeah. <laughs> I like brushing my teeth, what can I say? <laughs> and there's also lifestyle talent shots, but also shots of the cafe in action. Mm. And, you know, it needs to be in action because while it's still fine to have static shots where somebody is there smiling at the camera, holding a cup of coffee, and, yes, we should get those, we also need to show that they show shots that are less staged. Now, in theory, they are staged. Behind mm. the scenes, they are staged, but they look really lifestyle-y and look really like, it's like you've just captured a piece of the action as you yep. happen to walk past. We also want shots of the chef. Of course, since they own a cafe, that we want food shots. Yep. And we want packaged shots from the cafe as well. Mm. Now, here's the thing, though. As with many business owners, and I hear this a lot, they're busy because they've got a cafe that they've got to run. You know, they're not Richard Branson or Jamie Packer where they can afford <laughs> to pay all their minions to take care of their business. They only have half a day for a shoot. So what's that, Jean, about four hours? Yes. Yeah. So about from what time to what time generally? Well, we'd sort of uh, structure it uh, either mid-morning or uh, mid-afternoon in the quiet part of the day. Yeah, so they're not stressing out about exactly. all these people coming for lunch or whatever. Mm. So just to make things interesting, Jane is a plus-size, five-foot-tall woman, and John, it, Johnny is a lanky, six-foot-six guy, you know, yeah. just to make things a little bit difficult kind mm. of thing So because they're, they're so different from each other. It's hard to fit them both in the frame. So in the, their inner city office is only lit by fluoro lights and has large slab tilt slab concrete walls. 
And to add another challenge to the mix, it's raining mm. <laughs> on and off and it's overcast. Mm. So it's not the easiest shoot in the world, but this can sometimes happen, particularly if you've allocated a day to a client. You know, you're at the mercy of the weather. You're at the mercy mm. of whatever is going on in their life. And um, this, this does happen. People have limited time. So what happens, Gina, if you've got this brief? Yep. In your planning, what mm. do you think about? What are the things that go through your head? Do you, what kind of systematic approach do you have? Okay, so you get a brief like this. It's all in the planning, Val. You can't just rock up and wing it because you're not going to get all the shots. So right. everything has to be detailed, shot, because, because here's the important thing. Uh, if someone, uh, entrepreneur couple like this, is possibly their first photo shoot, mm. inexperienced, and here's what I've found time and time again, they expect a photo shoot to be exactly like uh, what happens when someone takes a photo at home. Someone pulls the camera out, takes yes. a snap, and mm -hmm. the shot's done, yes. okay? And, and I see this all the time, and so they don't actually allow for enough time so they might have even mm. expected that we could have done a whip around in an hour and got mm. everything that we needed and uh, they're not they're not factoring the time it takes to get really nice pack shots and they often fall over in the food and I have seen so much bad food photography yeah. of late. There yeah. is a lot of great, amazing food photography, but there is a lot of really bad that doesn't sell the food. Now, my dad was a chef mm. and he said to me that you eat with your eyes first. And so the food, it, to, for them to sell it, it needs to be appealing and look amazing. So yes. uh, it all comes in as photographers, we need to educate our clients and, and, and explain to them how much time we're going to need and why, and then it's a matter of uh, negotiating down from there. So you're always mm. going, let's do it over a day. They're going to go, no way. So it, it, the time gets shorter and shorter. Try and ask for more time. I imagine that you're going to get less than you want, and it's mm. always going to be under pressure, but like we, we need to formulate a shot list. All right, so okay. shall we go through the, the thought process that goes into yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So firstly, Val, the time of day that we're going to turn up to a restaurant. Now, I, you can't turn up in the middle of the day when the chefs are, are, are trying to get 80 meals out mm. because they will hate you yeah, and it's not going there. to work. Mm. Uh, there's also going to be people everywhere. You've also got to consider the time of day because um, the light coming into the cafe and shop mm. – uh, uh, you need to think about when it's at its best. So right. you want to look at where the windows are. So ideally, you need to go back and visit at the time that you want to shoot. So do a recce. Do a recce. So that's the pre-meeting. So you do a recce, get to know everyone. First, have a look, plan it out, work out where the good light is because for this one, now the office, I've told you where they wanted to do uh, some shots of them uh, where they package their products in the mm. back office, that's all fluoro and concrete tilt slab, you know, so right. ugly in there. So that's – and they're thinking this is where the shoot should happen, which they always do. How's this? There's lots of space and we can turn the lights on for you. <laughs> right? It's fluoro. Common scenario. So yeah. at, that's the point when you're there at the pre-meet that you say, uh, no, can't. This is ugly lighting. The food's not going to look good. You're going to look terrible. So we want to shoot uh, all the stuff in the cafe. Mm. What time – is it at its emptiest, the quietest time? So hopefully this is the kind of cafe that they don't go into dinner service. So mm. I'm banking on bumping in at two just as lunch is finishing and shooting till six. And that gives the option of going overtime if need be, Val. Right, right. All right? Yes. So the, 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 we're looking at uh, where, where the good light is so that I, I in this particular place, uh, it's the front of house where the light streams in from outside. Okay, mm. so you've got beautiful, two beautiful big windows, lots of daylight. As you go deeper into the cafe, it gets darker and it drops off. So you try and avoid shooting there. We want to do so. Uh, the front of house is where the products and the food photography is going to happen. Right, yep. Okay. 
Now, at that pre-meet is where you need to brief the chefs and the owners mm. about um, how the food needs to be prepared and to find the hero shots that are going to be photographed because often what will happen in this sort of scenario is the um, the owners will say, I want our biggest seller is our uh, potato, our fries <laughs> with our fried fish. Mm-hmm. What does that all look like on a plate, Val? Yellow. I mean, amazing food, but mm. yellow. So mm. uh, our good friend uh, Carmel, who runs Carmel's in Sydney, always says never, mm. never shoot brown food. Doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Just don't do it. Um, so uh, that that that's when we need to come in now and have a conversation about the kind of food. Now, while the, it's good to have the best seller, what mm. can we do to that meal to make it uh, a lot more colourful and it might not be exactly like that on the menu, but what mm. can we bring in to bring in that colour because otherwise it's just going to be this lump of beige yes. on the plate, not very attractive. So you need to sit down with the chefs and discuss, uh, you know, the the, the, the the three or four meals that are going to be cooked and then um, and, and served up and plated up what sort of props are going to be brought in mm. and how to make it look look, uh, look amazing and, and what extra things and what to leave off, mm. you know, because often what they'll do if they're inexperienced is they'll cook the meal properly yeah. and bring it out and then you're not ready as well. And it'll sit there for half an hour and everything's gone brown, the the, 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 mm. the salad's wilted and it looks terrible. Yes, yes. You know, so it's it's all about the planning and, and you want to have an opportunity to get to know the chefs because I've worked with a lot of chefs in my time. They can be, they can have a bit of a temper valve. Oh, you, don't, you think? Don't, oh, mm. my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you want to get the chef on a good day and you want to give him um, plenty of time and plenty of warning because if he gets flustered, then, then that can, it's going to affect the shoot. Mm. So... In terms of the order in, 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 in how I would shoot this, I would probably uh, want to get the shots of the entrepreneurs out of the way first. Yes, before they get all frazzled. Because then I'm going to want them helping me and getting into the kitchen and mm. so, you know, hair and makeup and everything and they will. They'll, they'll start getting nervous and, and so we want to get them early and uh, get those ones knocked off first. Then mm. I'd do the lifestyle cafe shots, mm-hmm. okay. Then I'd go to the back of house and shoot the chefs. And the reason I do the chefs before I do the food is I want to use the photographing the chefs as an opportunity to try and develop some sort of rapport with them Yeah. so that when they're making me the food, uh, it's going to be a lot easier to communicate with them because they've seen what's involved in getting their shots. Mm. They've had a chance to have a look at the back of the camera. Hopefully they love themselves sick in the photos, <laughs> right? And then they're going to That's happily... That's an Australianism for all Love yourself Irish. sick. We need to do a whole show on stuff Gina says that doesn't yes. make sense. Um <laughs> And then, and then they're going. To, you're going to have them sort of on side to uh, fo- help you with the uh, the food photography uh, that you do next. So at the, yes. at the final stage, I would do food, product, interiors, and the details. Because that's the thing, isn't it? If you're going to have, say, salads, you don't necessarily want them to dress it the salad because the dressing might make the lettuce or whatever go all wilty if it's yes. after too long. And you want yep. to make sure that they actually do cook it at the right point because if you want steam rising from a steamed fish or something, you yep. want to make sure that steam is there. And yep. you just got to make sure that things are done in the right way. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So we'll go into the, uh, the, the, the how-tos of the food and the product uh, down, down the track in the podcast, Val. But mm-hmm. let's, um, let's tackle the gear we would bring to this first, yes. shall we? It sounds well, like, from the sounds of it, it's like you would bring a lot because there's so many, di- so many different shots. I know. So if I had... Two days to shoot this. If it mm. was Brad, we're going to Branson's Island. What's it? Necker Island. Necker Island. Yeah. Yeah. So imagine he's flown us out there. We'd have. <laughs> I, if I was briefing Branson, I'd say, well, basically, I need three days to recce. Three weeks, actually, to recce the island. Of course. <laughs> don't, don't. Wouldn't you say the same thing? Yeah, maybe three months. <laughs> three weeks to recce, and then uh, the shoot itself, uh, two weeks. 
and then post-production actually needs to happen on the island. Yes, of course, for another month. Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. But in this case, can't do that. Half a day, you want to make it really easy on yourself. You can't afford to be uh, lighting, setting up for each scenario with uh, flash uh, in this case. Um, We're going to try and do uh, a lot of it with natural light, Mm. but there's going to need to be uh, some fill flash added because it's overcast, so we've got the sun Mm. coming in and out. It's not consistent. Mm. All right. I heard a great story about uh, some um, uh, Instagram um, photographers who were really uh, doing really well with their food photography and starting to get really big food photography gigs with major, major clients, right? Wow. At, at the expense of major food photographers who had been doing it for 25 years, right? Wow. But then what happened is there was one massive campaign. I, f- I forget the name of the club, but just imagine someone who does a lot of food photography got this Instagrammer in. It was all going well until the weather turned mm. and the light dropped. Mm. And this, this uh, photographer who could only shoot with natural light... Oh just lost it couldn't do it and they had to reshoot guess who they got back the the photographer that had had it for the like the last 10 years with 20 experience comes back saves Mm. the day Mm. and they lesson learnt by everyone so um, yeah happening a lot these days so as long as the weather's good I mean daylight fantastic but you do need to have a standby it's good to know how to light to just actually bring in um that that little bit when when you lose the sun yeah, absolutely. So I really try and keep this as simple as possible. Uh, okay. Moving very quickly. So a, a good tripod for this one. So if you've got a, like a more heavy-duty uh, tripod uh, that, that will allow you to shoot longer exposures and not be knocked around. So none of your tripods that you've got um, that I didn't see any when I was there, Val. I know. I, I No, I've actually Val. been thinking. I minus so – I've got so many, but they're – so flimsy and I really need to get a proper heavy duty one like what like yours Mm. Mm. so um if you think your tripod is not going to stand up to it that's fine you can actually just make sure you bring something that you can then weight it down so maybe a sandbag or something Mm. to have so that it is stable so that if if it just has a bump or a truck goes by it doesn't Mm. shake and your shot's going to be like a bit soft from camera shake so good tripod The the good all-rounder lens for this shoot would be a zoom of maybe, I'll say it again, the, the lens I love, the 24 to 105 or something thereabouts yes. or uh, fixed focal length within that range, Val, because okay. we're going to be doing uh, wide shots of the restaurant and also uh, we want to be doing portraits and we're going to be doing like product shots. So you need that. It's just, it's just easier with a zoom because you're yeah. not – to change lenses because that takes time. You could forget and have it set at the wrong uh, aperture and lose a couple of frames. So it's just best to have one that covers everything if you Mm. can. Mm. Um, So you want that lens to be fairly fast. So my uh, 24-105 is f4. Uh, If you've got uh, fixed focal length like a 50 or or around that that's maybe uh, an an f2.8 then maybe bring that as well. So, um, but mostly we're going to stick to the 24 to 105 in that. Mm-hmm. Um, the other little uh, bits of equipment to pack in the kit are lots of uh, bits of white card hmm. uh, because we're going to be using those as fill when we're use, doing the product shots and the food shots later. So they're going to bounce in. And the reason I say card rather than a reflector, which you mm. should bring also, mm. is sometimes you just want to get in fairly close and um, and have more than one uh bit of fill around the food and one reflector is not going to do it. So you might have one that uh, and and the kind of uh, the five in ones are great where you can change them silver, gold, black, yeah. uh, white and also take it off and it, it becomes a, uh, a diffuser as yeah. well. It comes in really handy if, you, if the sun does decide to break through the windows. Yeah. So uh, 
some kind of fuel flash. So that might be a couple of speed lights and then as big a modifier as possible. Now for this sort of um, scenario, I would be looking at something like a, uh, an, uh, an umbrella box, which is an umbrella, mm -hmm. right, modifier, but it's actually also, it becomes, a, it's a soft box as well. So what happens is the flash hits the umbrella and then reflects back through a diffuse uh, section and yeah. then onto the, onto the area that we want to photograph. Uh, very soft light, uh, closest I, I could um, sort of, closest to morning light. Right. Which, which would be good for uh, some of the food shots if we need it or, uh, and also to light uh, our talent if we need it. Yeah, okay. All right, so... Uh, some light stands. Another little uh, good little thing to have if you're doing products is to have some mirrors, little makeup mirrors, Val, that you can buy from those uh, uh, like supermarket cosmetic stores. Oh, uh, So the, the makeup mirrors and they're the ma magnified ones, you know, so okay. they're four times or two times. You, you know, when you look at them, you can yeah. see, right? Every pore in your Street face. Pore. So just in case you want to pluck your eyebrows quickly. <laughs> Or the shoot, you just whip that out. But but for the shoot, yes. um, you can reflect light into the shot and it can just make a nice little highlight or a lifestyle. So say you've got uh, a bowl of black, dark olives and mm. you just want to reflect. You can just use the mirror just to cut and, it, and, and it'll, it'll look like a sort of a more of a lifestyle-y light. It kind of look like so having like catch, catch lights catch in the lights. olives. Catch lights in the olives, but it might it'll look like say uh, the water, uh, the water's uh, the sun's reflected on the water and then back onto your food. Mm, mm, mm. You know, it's sort of a harder edged light, but it can it can it can it it's a good effect. Okay, nice. It's little makeup mirrors that you can they come on stands, so you can actually sort of position them around. Ah, uh, the yes, yes. On them, and you can backlight salad and things like that. Have a play around with them uh, next time you're at uh, mm. dinner. I've shown you how to do it, Val, the, with the little mirrors. I've got yeah, you to yeah. packed out. But it just occurred to me that I have one of those ones on a stand, so I should just use that because then Next I don't have to hold. get someone to hold it. Next time you're doing your coffee shot at yes. uh, Two Coffees for your Instagram feed, which yeah. is every single shot. <laughs> yes. But that's great, Val. <laughs> the, the other good little thing, so I'm, I'm suggesting you kind of start uh, getting together a little product, a location product kit because even if you only want to do uh, headshots and portrait shots, often, like particularly when you're starting out or um, just when you're getting getting gigs, people say, okay, we mainly need like uh, people shots, but mm. there is a couple of product shots. Can you do those as well? And I think when you're starting out, you should always say yes and just do everything because mm. it's just a good thing and it's a good skill and it, to, to be able to do all of those. So the little kit, the other little thing to throw in is, you know, those kids building blocks, those little wooden ones that you can get? Oh, Yeah. Little, Little tiny blocks. Just have uh -huh. like a few of those in your kit because sometimes, like uh, for this particular shoot, we're going to be uh, doing uh, uh, product shots. Okay, mm -hmm. you might be wanting to build up a series of shots and build it in a certain way. And sometimes having little wooden blocks to uh, lean things against or, or or prop them up or stagger heights just comes in very handy. So it's the same as when I'm doing a portrait shoot and someone's a little bit shorter than the other person, I just stand them on an apple box. It's just like oh, okay. little miniature apple boxes for <laughs> your products. Okay? Okay, cool. Yeah, so so that's basically uh, the gear. Did I mention Bluetack? Uh, Bluetack, yeah, okay, bring Bluetack. Bluetack, because just in case we need to uh, stick things in place and hold them down when we're shooting them, it comes in very handy. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so I love Bluetack. Yeah, me too. Why do you love it? I, I just use it for everything. Yeah, it's good stuff. Mm. Did, do you think that's a universal term, Bluetack? I hope so. <laughs> um, our American listeners, hopefully you have blue tack there as well. I'm sure, look, look we've all got post-it notes, so I'm sure there's blue tack in America right. as well. Right. Okay, so th that's pretty much the planning. Now we're going to start with uh, our cover, our, our um, coffee aficionado magazine and our social media pics, which we're going to do okay. of uh, Jane. 
and Johnny. Yes. Uh, together. So basically, ja- Johnny, six foot six. Yeah. Slanky, Jane, five foot tall and uh, a plus size. So... So how are you going to shoot them together? Yeah. So the, if, if, if this is done incorrectly, it can make Jane look sort of shorter and, and wider than necessary and, mm. and Johnny's going to look taller. So basically for a cover shoot, you kind of want to be cropping about um, mid-thigh and up to get, the, to get them as a couple together. So right. I'm thinking you can either sit them down Mm. And, and have it close, but that's going to have something in front and it's going to be cut off. I think a good cover shot is uh, is uh, maybe uh, he- head and shoulders of the two of them together or uh, mid-thigh as a longer shot mm. is going to be uh, more flattering. So, so basically what you could do is I'm thinking the front of the shop is where it's brightly lit, is mm. a good area for lighting. And just as it happens as I'm shooting, the, as we're doing this shot, Val, the sun has come out. So it's mm-hmm. bright. It's a good, good for. So, <laughs> so, so, so I'm using the garage style lighting. Yes. But here's the other thing. Jane has jet black hair. Oh, yes. Jet black hair. So I do have a fill light. So what I'm going to do is light from the back and bring a hair light in. So it's going to look like sunlight streaming in behind them. Mm. Okay. There's a wall that I'm going to uh, lean uh, John against and then I'm going to nestle um, Jane in next to him because they're, they're a couple, so I can shoot them as a couple mm. or I can have them back-to-back, but I'm, I'm going to have them as a couple. They don't need to be all loved up. Mm. And we can actually – I can I, the, what I do when, when someone is too tall for the other person is I'm, I'm going to ask Johnny to – John, Johnny, we're best friends now. So yes, yeah, Johnny. Johnny, um, is to when he stands to actually uh, uh, part his feet so that he becomes lower. So you you sort of like look like he's about to do the splits, basically. Right. You know. Okay. So yes, sl- I understand. Slide down the wall so he's a little bit yes. shorter. So the difference in height might be like uh, a foot instead of like you know a foot and a half, which is yep. what it. So which is a nice height because Jane's going to come in just under John's chin. Which mm. is perfect because you've got the two heads staggered, yes. and that's good. The other thing I'm going to do is I'm going to crop the shot lengthways down Jane's arm, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and that's going to give the optical illusion that her arm is thinner. I'm mm. also going to have uh, Jane stand in a way that uh, she's she's got her uh, her um, hands on her hips at her waist, which actually gives the optical illusion that her waist is smaller mm. as well. Mm. These are or, great uh, tips. So the other way you could do this is you could have them uh, both as full length because when you're doing plus size models, it's always, uh, you know, I, I prefer to do them as full length and but, but try and avoid uh, cropping a plus size model at the waist because that tends to make them look square. And it's not as flattering. The yep. other thing is uh, like you're doing all the tricks that we've talked about in the posing um, uh, podcast that we've done, Val, in the past, uh, pushing the face forward yes. as much as we can uh, mm-hmm. to uh, define the jaw. And for this sort of thing, I'm thinking of making it um, really lifestyle so happy. So we've got that uh, yep. good-looking shot. From there, very easy. We're set up, quickly do the um, – uh, shots for their social media from there. So they've got mm-hmm. a couple of different outfits, change the shirt, change the shirt, change the shirt, and you can get uh, a few different shots, uh, pan the camera slightly one way or slightly the other to get a different a different looking background. Mm. All right, so na- nailed the – should have knocked that off in half an hour, Val, those shots. Okay, great. So yeah. the, the cover shot and the social media shots. Yes. That's great. All right, so then we're going to uh, set up the lifestyle cafe shots. So uh, we're we're in a a lull at the cafe. It's a bit quiet, but what we've asked is for uh, some of the staff 
and 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 some friends are going to come in and be stand-ins for us. Ah, uh, so yeah. Something that we've pre-organised. Yeah. So basically, we can uh, sit people in the right spots uh, and then give them all something to do. So what I'm going to do is kind of uh, fill the ca- fill the cafe. Not uh, it's not go- not going to be overly full, but make sure that there's lots of colourful food on the tables. Mm. Okay, and then at each table, I'll have a quick conversation with everyone and give them something to do. So, okay, you're going to be talking about this thing. This is the conversation you're going to have for the whole time, talking and laughing, talking and laughing. Person Mm. sitting on his own uh, on your iPad or uh, reading a paper, okay, Mm. and as you're sipping on your coffee, looking out the window. So we just go through each table. Then what I do when I'm shooting a lifestyle interior is I like to have life. So then going to instruct a couple of waiters to actually walk through my shot. Right. Okay. So and 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 so that means so to get the blurry effect. Yes. So I, I'm uh, shooting on tripod. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a, maybe a shutter speed of a fifteenth of a second. Mm. And um and. The, on cue, I've just asked the waiters to go from one side to the other. So they might be carrying a tray of something um, or a bottle of wine or, or something to the table mm. and just getting them to walk through so you get that blur and it gives that life. Mm. Okay? Yes. Yep, great. So – And then from there, we can actually zoom in on tables. So once we've got the hero, the wide shot of the whole cafe, you can then come in and zoom in on each table and maybe just get some stock sort of uh, lifestyle shots. I don't know where they'd use them, but it's still still something that you may as well do while you've got... Do you mean zoom in to, say, the guy who was sitting by himself with the newspaper? Yes, and do that as a like a little mm-hmm. drop-in shot. It might be used in one of the articles in a magazine as a filler page or something yeah. like that. You know, so yeah, and then the, the the couple that were having the conversation, and you yes. might even just get shots of uh, people doing cheers, just of mm. their hands. Mm. Often looks good with the uh, the back the the cafe in the background is now out of focus. Yeah, you know, and you just and it's just again, it's just that lifestyley filler shots. Yeah, yeah, love it. Right. I love filler shots. I know as, you, an, uh, as an editor, there's never enough of them. Can never get enough filler mm. shots, or there's never enough variety, or they'll provide two, and I don't like any of them. But if you provide five, at least I might like two, and I'll publish those two. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. That's that's a good mm. that's a good strike rate for you, Val. Um, <laughs> so um, once we've done that, by this point, I'm hoping it's about three o'clock. The right. restaurant's pretty. The cafe is now empty. Mm-hmm. Or pretty much empty, and we can sort of maybe sit people in in a corner where they're not going to be in the shot. Now I can do the uh, the hero interiors, mm. so that there's no one in there and they're just empty. So basically, uh, with the, the the things you want to again shooting with a, a tripod, and when I'm doing interiors, uh, basically I like to use daylight and shoot long exposure. Now, the only time I might use flash in something like this is just to like sometimes there's a very dark corner mm. that it goes to black and compared to the other, it, it, you just can't have, you don't see enough detail in the corner. So say they've got like a, I don't know, it's just the, the furthest corner where the, where the toilets are, there's just like there's nothing there. You might want to bounce a little bit of fill into that corner just to, just to lift it a little bit. You don't want to have it lit perfectly. Mm. You just want to like just introduce a little bit of uh, of fill and and the things that like I, I I always my little checklist in my head because these are all the mistakes I've made at some point Val yeah. is I need to make sure my verticals are vertical in the in the viewfinder so what do you I'm mean? so when I'm looking into a room set or an interior you're going to have like. Um, the 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 frame around a door or oh I see yes okay mm. that's what I'm lining up my verticals with I want to make sure that they're perfectly vertical yes okay absolutely and so when you start to shoot wide these can be start to get distorted mm. so it's it's just a matter of uh, tilting the angle of the camera until you're getting those as straight as possible. Yeah, great. All right, so that's 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 the first thing that I look for. Uh, the next thing is uh, like it's it's just safer 
um, to shoot square into a room, so dead square on rather than trying to do uh, tricky stuff at angles because mm. all your angles start to get messed up. So just for, for if you're starting out, just safer just to shoot square on. And um, also f- from a magazine editor's point of view, it just looks better on the page that way. It does. You can do more with it. You can get yeah. art. There's people who do really well, but it's. I think it's advanced and it's very difficult to, uh, to yeah, well, that's that's fine if you're fulfilling a particular kind of artistic brief. But yep. if you're in this particular brief, in this particular circumstance, and if they want to be able to use their shots in brochures or or to send to magazines, mm. then definitely the square on is the best. Cool. And the other thing, and, and this, uh, it may not be a cafe that you're shooting. It might be just the interior of their home. Always mm. remember that if there's lamps in the room or candles or mm. down lights, turn them on. Oh, yeah. Turn them on. Not just to get extra light. They're not going to affect the uh, lighting in the shot. They're going mm. to affect the life in the shot. They bring yep. life to the shot. If you if you look at photos where there's the lamps are turned off because it doesn't make sense to turn them on in the daytime, mm. but th- the shot looks flat. Yes, absolutely. So always turn the lights on. Um, and if you want to get a bit more um, uh, sort of uh, special with the, with the shot, Shooting at a very narrow aperture is going to get all those lights, they'll all become little starbursts. So that's a little bit more special if you want the little bing, 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 bing. Mm. Um, shoot at like uh, F22 or F16 and then you'll, 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 every little light that's in the room becomes a starburst, which can be a bit bit too much sometimes, but yeah. can be a nice effect for maybe one or two shots. Um, and again, if you've got just the empty room set and you've done it as a clean shot, I, I also tend to just bring a waiter through or someone just again to give it life because it still shows off the room, but it's just nice to have a figure in there and it gives it perspective as well. So uh, mm. a waiter carrying wine or, 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 or coffee walking through the restaurant. Yeah, awesome. All right, so we've now um, possibly uh, – how long have we been shooting, Val? Well, half a day almost, really. No, we've still got to do the food. I know, but we've taken up half a day. Two hours we've been going. (laughs) What we've done is the the headshots and we've done the interiors. But you just said it was three o'clock. We started at two. Okay, sorry. (laughs) I clearly... Because we remember, remember that we had to wait for the restaurant to calm down yeah. a bit. So we were shooting from afternoon because that's when the light was really good. Yes. Okay. Okay. So we've been going about an hour and a half now. So we can, <laughs> an hour and a half too, we could probably allow for that. So now we've got the rest of the, uh, the second half of the, uh, the half day to shoot mm-hmm. the food products and product shots. Yes. So we can uh, now set up at the very front of the cafe and uh, find a nice table. We've briefed the chefs and uh, they can start bringing in the food and getting that. So basically uh, you want to give the chefs plenty of time. Mm-hmm. Okay, you want to use uh, flat, soft daylight. So if you've got hard sun streaming in, you might want to diffuse that mm. with a diffuser or something. And uh, you want to uh, make sure that you've already pre-tested the lighting setup before the food actually comes out. And um, we've got the, the colourful food and then we can start bringing it in and uh, thinking about the angles that you might want to shoot it in. So if you want it to look more lifestyle include some of the, uh, the background of the cafe. We've already shot the cafe, so you know what exposure you need to shoot at to get everything in the cafe looking great. Yep. So when it comes to doing the food, it's just a matter of matching that exposure as your background. If you need a little bit more light than just using the, uh, the Okta, um, the umbrella box, just as a little bit of fill or coming in from the side, but you don't want to be over-lighting it because of the, the, it, it doesn't look great. Food, food photography looks, looks beautiful when it's lit with daylight. Yeah. yeah. And we're using the mirrors and everything to just add uh, um, a bit of sparkle. And generally with food, shoot wide open, focus on um, the hero part of the plate and let the rest go. 
and look for mm. you know great lights in the background so you get lots of bokeh and that can look really interesting and um and good or just shoot it directly over with a white tablecloth so you've got the clean white nice uh, food always looks great yep Fantastic. And, you know, food photography, it really makes such a difference, doesn't it? Because I was um, doing some shopping the, the other day for a friend and I wanted to buy him a cookbook. And I selected the one that I thought would be interesting. I flicked through it and I thought, oh, yeah, they look good. But then I flipped through the one next to it and the images yeah. just so much more appealing and stunning that I just had to buy that one for that reason alone. So yeah, it makes a difference. It does, and and food photography is like fashion photography. They don't they go through uh, styles like you know yes. there was a while where everything was really brightly poppy, you know, yes. super saturated. Then there was a while where everything was really pastel, and uh, then there was a while where everything was shot so it looked like it was like out of dirty pans and things like that. And, <laughs> uh, you know, and and then it and then it goes back to other styles. So um, mm. have a look around and see what sort of you know is sort of the vogue style at the moment because you don't want to be supplying your client with something that was, you know, only done in 1980 ago. and dates <laughs> the cafe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> okay, what else? Um, so when we're shooting uh, the product, so we, we've got the food out of the way, the, the chefs are bringing it, we're pre-lit, that's all great, okay? You, you, you got enough information there about the food photography. I mean, it's a whole show, but like... Yeah, I mean, that, that we just, it's just a taster for, yeah, yeah, for yeah, the moment yeah. because, as you say, food photography is a whole episode, if not multiple episodes. And, and and this is something that you can really practice uh, every day, like we, before you sit down to your meal, see if you can get mm. a good shot of it and have a play around with uh, using window light and cards and fill to fill back areas and, and make it look uh, appealing. And, and that's the, if you, you know you've taken a good shot, if people go, wow, that looks amazing, mm. I'm really hungry, right? <laughs> um, so, uh, and, and what we're doing is combination of product food and lifestyle food, so Shot from above, it's going to be sort of more product which says this is what's on the menu. Mm. And if we shoot it from um, in front with, with the restaurant or cafe in the background, then it's going to be it's more of a lifestyle-y sort of a shot which says this is what it feels like to eat here more yep. than this is what the food looks like. So so we, we're doing a variety. Each, each meal that comes out, you'll do it both ways, mm. all right? That's the stressful part. Um, hang on, did I go in to do the chefs? Have I shot them yet? You haven't shot the chefs. So before I was doing the food, sorry, we need to go back and shoot the chefs. So going into the back of house, into the kitchen, and basically I've talked about this before, but when I'm photographing chefs in action, it's you can kind of fluke it if you um, just try and photograph them while they're working, but it's mm. always better to try and direct them because what you can do is, like, I love when they're frying stuff that the flames come up. Right, yes. Yeah, so I always, I always get them to do that or, like, what looks amazing is when they've got uh, a couple of pans on the go and they're flipping the pasta. In, mm. I can do that. I can do that. Can you? Yes, I can. <laughs> That's one of the first things I learned as I was wow. uh, learning to be a, a cook way back when. Wow. Um, and uh, and then, you know, you can get them, uh, set them up so they're sprinkling uh, like the like garnish on food and the, mm. the concentration on the face. But if you're trying to get that uh, sort of candidly, it's not as good. And especially if you want to have a few chefs sort of uh, – all looking good and uh, engaging with each other, it's best to come in and set it up. So you give them all something to do. Mm. Uh, make sure that you've got the food that you want the, in the shot. So it might be a way to introduce some of the hero shots from the, the cafe's menu into this shot's another good little mm. way to sneak it in and uh, and set it up so that you've got the the better part of the kitchen, not the part that that's probably a bit dodgy. You know how all kitchens have that bit that's oh yes. The, the mop leaning against it, the stuff that we never <laughs> need to see, the stuff that you would never eat out if you started seeing that sort no. of thing. So always make sure that the kitchen's looking the best and do a little quick little uh, look around and make sure there aren't any, um, you know, r like rat sack on the on the Great. You, you wouldn't want to see that really, But would the you? bottom line is to give them, uh, is to set it up and g give them something to do but capture uh, a natural as if you just walked past kind of 
Exactly, lifestyley look, yeah, yeah. And, and and give them and maybe go in and watch them for a few minutes because they actually naturally do stuff that you go that would make a really good photo. Yeah. I'm on the wrong side of the bench to do that, so you you go, you know what you just did there where you flip the pasta. Can you do that again, or can you uh, put put some flames in for me, or sprinkle sure. it? Yeah, so that's that works really well. So you've got some shots that you've taken that are in the show notes. Do you mm. want to talk us through some of those? And, of course, the show notes are at ginamilitia.com. Yeah, so um, I just uh, threw a few in. But, like, when you're uh, doing these sorts of, uh, uh, of of shoots, it's good to get the little details. So, like, one of them I, uh, that I put in is uh, in a winery, in a, the most magnificent winery in Sicily, and it's basically uh, the 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 dog that lives on the property walking through a, a, a doorway. It's backlit and you can just see that the texture of the timber and uh, just it, you can kind of make out that it, what kind of dog it is. But it's just one of those little lifestyle shots that can be thrown in to complement mm. all the other shots, especially if you're doing something on a property like that. You've got the food, you've got the building, you've got the people. It's nice to just look for little images like that that aren't, aren't necessarily food but they complement the story or the so spread. Ne- never underestimate the power of these extra shots because they can, you know, really round out the story that you are painting in pictures. So we've also got a shot here. It looks like, a, you know, a restaurant or a cafe, people sitting down to lunch, having a good time. Um, but it really is this candid... Um, snapshot of of people laughing and having a good time was this set up no so this is actually me hanging back at the uh, at the end of the table and waiting for everyone to get in and so you've got to wait for the right moment because people are filling their mouths with food or eating so yeah. just before food arrives is a good time as everyone's sitting and just sort of getting to know each other and chatting and then it's like a long long table and I've focused on on one person in the group uh, it's actually uh, Candace Lake, I think she's a photographer, uh, very photogenic, beautiful, but she's uh, unaware of the camera at the moment, but it just like it captures the, the vibe of the day, the people laughing, and, and, and that's, again, sells the, the place. It's, it's like social. Yeah. Look at all the people having a good time here and uh, shot this on the 85 Val at 1.2. So just like mm. everyone's out of focus, but you can tell who they are, but it mm. just gives that really creamy uh, sort of lovely look. And of course, there's all the little lights in the background that just add a little bit of um, just bling in the so background. She, the, the main, the hero girl is not out of focus, but everyone no, no. else, is, is Every, everyone else drops out, but, but you can and, still see them. And then there's um, a great shot of some wooden crates with flowers in each of the little squares, but in one of the squares, there's some cookbooks poking out, and that's actually the, the bit that's sharp. And so I'm assuming your depth of field is such that you, you, you wanted to make sure that was sharp, but everything else was a little bit blurry. Yeah, so that you 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 go, you see that the image goes from blurry to sharp to blurry again, and and it, it makes you eyes focus on the area that 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 needs to be focused on, which is in this case is the cookbooks, and it's just again Val a little tiny detail that can just complement all the other details. So a very simple natural light. Now, there's a whole heap of shots that we've included in the show notes and we don't have time to go into each of them, but are there any other a couple that you wanted to point out, Gina? Um, so uh, basically uh, the the shots uh, where I set up uh, a couple and they've got the, the waiter coming through the shot in the Love background. That so that's basically where I coached the couple on what to say and set it up and then all I did was and, and the eye lines and how to hold their hands and everything and I said just mm. keep do that on loop and then I had the waiter coming from the back of house through the frame and then going back again and doing it um, coming back and going and, and that's how I got that shot just so it looks Beautiful. like I love candid, this shot. candid candid love candid. this shot mm. Mm. very awesome. easy to get 
So, um, yeah, yeah, and sort of uh, much the same. Like, there's so much you can do with the products and, like, always if you're doing an event – uh, try and get in there before everyone sat down and uh, to, at the table and get a shot of the table uh, without anyone there because that, that often makes a great shot as well mm. um, as a Little Heroes. And, uh, yeah, so a bit to think about there, Val. Yeah, awesome. Goodness me. There's actually a lot to think about because there are so many aspects to this particular shoot. I'm going to uh, a fancy buffet in a couple of days at a fancy hotel and I will be putting some of these into practice. Obviously, I'm not going to be shooting any entrepreneurs there, but you know, I'm not I don't apart from my coffee, I don't usually shoot food in the way that in a in a lifestyle kind of way so i'll be keen to put a few of these things in practice picture you like elbowing people out of the way at the buffet you've got four <laughs> fingers, you got your compact there you're up you know just go oh god just gotta get this just gotta get it <laughs> can you hold this can you hold that <laughs> forward to seeing us val <laughs> it might yeah that might happen we'll see um but that brings us to the end of uh, our episode this week if you'd like to join Gina's newsletter we'd um, love to have you on the subscriber list because that is where Gina provides lots of tips and ideas that are not mentioned on this podcast and uh, that includes free Lightroom presets which Gina makes to her signature style and the only place that they are available um, is if you are subscribed to the newsletter so you can do that at ginamilitia.com that's M-I-L-I C-I-A. And uh, where do we find you on social media? Because we'd love you to reach out to us as well. Uh, so I'm at Gina Militia on Twitter and at Gina Militia on Instagram. And uh, you'll also find me uh, in the Facebook group, Val, and then GinaMilitia.com. So, and and if you've got uh, any questions that you want to send me, news at GinaMilitia.com or you want a photo critiqued, uh, send it there. And, uh, photo critiqued on the podcast. On the podcast, yes. Yeah, then send it there as well. And you can find me at Valerie Koo on all forms of social media, but Gina and I are always in the Facebook group. So do search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook and we'd love to see you there. But until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.